Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Our God is a God of providence. What does that mean? Everything that God does has a purpose. There is meaning and significance in everything about God. And this is certainly true when it comes to his word. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 2. Now, we've been studying the events surrounding the birth of Messiah. We saw that that birth of Messiah was proclaimed to a group of shepherds. Shepherds who were out in the field guarding their flock by night. We saw that the angel of the Lord came and made that proclamation to them about God's glory and how this child who was born is related to the glory of God and also the purpose of God to bring about salvation. And now we're going to see that this, this heavenly hosts that accompany the angel of the Lord, they are going to depart and we're going to see what is indeed the response of these shepherds. We learned that shepherds were a type of outcast by society. They were not known for being very religious or spiritual, but God chose them according to his providence that they would be the first ones who would hear, and we're going to see in our study today that they were the first ones to go and share this in a public way. So as I said, look with me to this second chapter of Luke's gospel. We're going to begin with verse 15. We read here, And it came about that the angels... As they departed from them, meaning from the shepherds, into the heavens, there's going to be a response, a response by these shepherds. What are they going to do with what they've heard and what they have seen? Well, in verse 15, the second part, and the shepherd men, and that's literally what it says, not just shepherds as most Bibles will translate, but in the Texas Receptus, in the Greek language, it has the word men. Now, why is that important? Because these shepherds are examples of what man is called to do. What we hear from God, we are called to take that and share it, as these shepherds did. Now, they were shepherds. They were not religiously trained. In fact, by nature of being a shepherd, there were many things that they did not know about the Word of God. They weren't seen as religious. In fact, as I mentioned last week, these probably would be the least likely candidates to receive this message first. 
and begin the ones who proclaimed it to others. But again, this is the wonder of God. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. How we do things, God does not. And God chose these shepherd men for a reason. If the gospel went forth, beginning with these individuals, how much more can others do who do, in fact, have training in the Word of God, who have an understanding of the Scriptures? How much more can we do in order to take that same message, and that's very important, that same message to others? Well, look with me to to the last part of verse 15 where it says, And the shepherd men spoke to one another. And what did they say to each other? Let us pass through indeed unto Bethlehem. Now, it simply said, as we encountered last week, the city of David. But even these shepherds knew that the city of David was Bethlehem. And when you speak about the birth of Messiah, that the prophetic location is indeed Bethlehem. So they had that basic understanding of what the city of David was referring to and where Messiah was to be born. So they said to one another, let us indeed pass through even until Bethlehem and we shall see this word. Now, a couple things here. The word that appears here that we all translate word is not the word logos, the the most common Greek uh, term for word, but it is the word rima. And what's the difference? Well, logos is a type of uh, blueprint. It sets forth something. It's where we get the word logic from. So when God reveals something, it is logical, not necessarily to your mind and my mind, but it agrees with the purpose of God. It is God's spiritual blueprint spoken forth. But the Rima word, well, that is a proclamation of power, a proclamation which is anointed and will fulfill. It will be the result of that, that spoken word or that written word, as the case may be, it speaks about a powerful proclamation that puts something into reality, takes that perhaps prophecy, and it makes that prophecy fulfilled. And this says something about the shepherd. They may be uh, poor men. They might be uneducated men. They might be individuals that weren't that religious, but they knew something. They knew what they heard. They saw the glory of God. They encountered the heavenly hosts. And they saw that angel of the Lord speaking to them in the midst of this great glory, this light that shined around them and to them. And they knew that what was said to them was in fact a rima word, a word of power that would have a fulfillment. So they said, let us 
pass through even unto Bethlehem. And here's the faithful statement. And we will see this word. And what's interesting is the next word, the Greek word gigonin. Now, that is a word which means to be, to happen, to take place. But it's in a grammatical construction which says that this has happened in the past. It's still taking place and will continue to take place. Why that unique grammatical construction? Very simple. This proclamation of Messiah, it was something that was prophesied long ago. And we know Messiah, he's eternal. This is not his origin. This is not his beginning. There was never a time that he didn't exist. So Messiah himself and also the prophetic word that was revealed through the scripture to us, all of this is in the past. But it's happening now and it's going to have implications on into the future. And that's why it speaks of this uh, Rima word, this prophetic proclamation with power as something that's in the past, present, and on into the future. That means that this has great significance. And it says, and we will see this word which has happened, is happening, and will happen. That's literally what we should understand from it which the Lord has made known to us. Now, don't miss what's just said. They knew, they proclaimed that this was the word that God, the living God, made known to them. And God cannot lie, and they had a sure expectation of what they heard, the word of God. They knew that it was legitimate that it was real that there was something to be seen in bethlehem based upon the experience that they had the voice which they heard and the glory which they perceived verse verse 16 and they went and notice this next word the word hastily now this is a word of urgency this is a word of, of speed, and it shows something. This haste shows that they went in a quick manner. And when you're excited about something, when you're going to behold something of significance, you move and walk faster because it's important. They wanted to see the fulfillment of what that angel spoke of. Now, this word, which means to, to move hastily, which is just quickly, with urgency, but this same word can speak about a commitment. Sometimes this word, it's best understood with the English word being diligent. And this is what they were. They were diligent to investigate to hear this proclamation, they just didn't say, uh, I'll look into it tomorrow or the next day or sometime. They didn't uh, say, wow, what could this mean? And then forgot about it. They acted upon this Rima word, and that's wisdom. That is what you and I need to do as well. When God blesses us with revelation, and you may say, well, 
I've never seen a glorious sight like that. You may have not. But you have his glorious word. And you have testimony throughout the pages of this book about the numerous things that God has done, that he's done for his people in the past, what he has done through the person of his only begotten son, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, all those miracles, how he was moved with compassion, all of these things, they are God's revelation. And here's the key. Having come in contact with the revelation of God, his word, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to share it? Are you going to believe it? Are you going to respond in excitement and joy? It says here, and they went with haste. That same phrase can mean with diligence. And they found also Miriam and Joseph. Now, we're talking about what the world might call Joseph and Miriam. But notice the order. It puts the woman first. This is unusual. Normally would say, just like I mentioned, Joseph and Miriam. That is her literal name, what appears in the Greek. Also, it's a Hebrew word, Miriam. She's mentioned first. Why? Well, I hope you know the answer by now. When a woman takes a, a leadership, when she becomes the main person of a text, when the focus of the Bible is on a woman other than a man, it tells us something. It changes the context to that of redemption. And this is why Messiah was conceived in the womb of Miriam. This is why the Holy Spirit gave her conception this is why god became became flesh took on flesh in order that he could do the work of redemption so look again verse 16 and they that are these shepherd men they went with a commitment in diligence but also in speed and they found miriam and joseph and then it says, also the baby having been laid in the manger. Now, this is the third time we have been spoken of in this passage that we have been spoken about the manger. And again, as I said last week, I'll say again, this manger speaks to humility, that the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, that he as an infant would be laid in a manger. Now that is indeed a very humble beginning. And what we see concerning Messiah is his humility. And this is why the scripture tells us that Messiah himself, being fully God, did not come to be served, but came in order that he might serve that he might specifically give his body and his blood as a ransom for many. What's ransom? A payment of redemption that brings about the remission of sins. And this is why the angel said his name will be Yeshua, which means Savior, 
because he will save his people from their sin. Well, they went and they found the the child lying in a manger. Literally, it says, having been laid there, and we know why. There was no other place. No one was willing to give a, a room and a bed, something proper to this family. So they came to this place, having heard such a glorious proclamation that we encountered this good news that will be, be of great joy, of, of peace to all people. They heard this, but when they came, they found a young married couple. And they found a child which had just been born. And this one, who is the Savior, who is Messiah the Lord. What an important statement. Messiah the Lord, as we encountered last week, speaks of his divinity. And where is he? He is in a humble location, having been laid in the manger verse 17 and seeing they made known concerning this word that was spoken to them concerning this child now what should we understand from this well what they focus in on was the child read very carefully they made known concerning this word meaning the relevance of this word which has been spoken to them but the focus was on this child and who is this child the living god who had taken upon himself human flesh in order that he might do the work of redemption that we could have our sins forgiven and that we could know life everlasting in the kingdom as we saw last week those uh, shepherds, they encountered the very glory of God. And it's only through a redemptive relationship. Let me say it another way. It is only through the new covenant that we can have an expectation of, of entering into the glory of God. That is, entering into the kingdom of God. Verse 18. And all the ones having heard they marveled concerning what was spoken to them by the shepherds verse 19 but miriam very important that you hear that miriam not mary it says in the text but miriam what did she do all these things that she kept what things literally it says but miriam all she kept these words what these shepherds said they had a special meaning to miriam why well not just because she is his biological mother that her womb was used for the holy spirit's conception and messiah's incarnation she also were told things by the angel the angel Gabriel. And we know that she heard these things. There was testimonies from her cousin Elizabeth. There was that response in the womb of Elizabeth, of John the Baptist, who leaped when he heard the words. And she knew 
this was meaningful. The fact that these shepherds, not religious ones, but these shepherds came and testified what they had seen and what they had heard. What was made known to them about a child being born in Bethlehem. So she kept all of these things. And the word here for being kept is a word that speaks of keeping like a treasure. And what does this mean? It means that these things were all very precious to her. What she heard, these things that the shepherds had encountered. And furthermore, it says, she pondered in her heart, pondered all of these things. Now, this pondering is a word, it comes, the root is is of the same word where we get the English word ball from. So it's to cast, you throw a ball. And this is an expression we we see, for example, in the Proverbs, to, to cast something upon your heart. It means to think of it very thoroughly and also thinking of it very often. That's what she did, pondering these things in her heart. Verse 20, and the shepherds, they returned, but they returned different. They were experiencing just a typical night. But on this night, they witness a manifestation of the angel of the Lord and the heavenly hosts. And they saw the glory of God that that shined around them. And for all of this and investigating it in Bethlehem, seeing the child themselves, we read in verse 20, and the shepherds, they return glorifying and praising God for all which they had heard and seen just as it had been spoken to them. Well, the account continues and we're going to see an emphasis on the Torah. What we know about Miriam and Yosef is that they were righteous individuals what does that mean that they were perfect no no man's perfect but they took the torah god's commandments very serious and therefore notice what we read in verse 21 and when the eight days were fulfilled to circumcise the child his name was called iesus in greek meaning yeshua in hebrew Both words means Savior. That which he was called by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22. So what happens? He is circumcised according to the law of Moses. And we're going to see for the next few verses everything that happens to him is because of the law of of Moses now why is that being told because the law of Moses is inherently related to the righteousness of God it does not bring about righteousness it describes and defines righteousness and therefore all of this is being done to Yeshua as an eight-year-old child because because he is the righteous one of of heaven 
He is the very Son of God. And when we read, not only was he circumcised on the eighth day and his name was called, and by the way, it's on the day of circumcision that a baby boy is named. And furthermore, we see, look at the next verse. We see in verse 22, and when the days were fulfilled for her cleansing. Now, you can read about the number of days and depending upon whether a male is born or a female is born, there's a different number of days that have to be fulfilled. And when those days were fulfilled, and we're talking about the 41st day for what's called Pinyan Haben, that is redeeming the firstborn child. It is a biblical requirement. And notice what uh, Miriam and Joseph did. These two Torah observant. Now, did they observe the Torah perfectly? No one can, but they utilized the Torah when they failed in making sacrifice, doing those things that the Torah required because they love God. And we see that the people that were surrounded by the surrounded the birth of messiah they were all committed to the torah meaning they all were interested in righteousness verse 22 when the days that were fulfilled for her cleansing now the texas receptus has just that her cleansing if you look at nestle allen if you're looking at a modern translation it'll say their cleansing that makes no sense it's not their cleansing it's only her and this is another reason why i like the texas receptus which is a greek manuscript that bibles are translated from it's better than the prevalent one which is called nestle allen so when those days were fulfilled for her cleansing according to the law of moses they brought him into jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That's what has to be done according to the instructions of Leviticus chapter 12 for a newborn baby. And notice, just as it had been written in the law, but there's a change. Not the law of Moses, but the law of the Lord. For, now it's going to tell us the citation, because every male that opens up the womb is holy to the Lord this one is called verse 24 and part of this this uh commandment is making an offering it says and to give a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the lord the law of the lord and what was the sacrifice for this event well it was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons this is what was offered up for this commandment that had to do with the purification of the woman and that is her restoration and why is this told because messiah he brings about purity he brings about restoration he brings about with circumcision a new name a redemptive name a kingdom name all of these things are seen concerning the birth of messiah how important it was for messiah to enter into this world in the way that he did in a way and what the scripture is saying fulfills the law well i'll close with that until next week 
Shalom. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.